We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. They are suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. They're more than meets the eye, but also therefore the athletes. Do you run? Do you golf? Do you train? You want to look like your favorite athlete? Guys like Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, Aaron Jones, the backbone of my dynasty team, Justin Jefferson. Well, then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today personally i love the holbrook sunglasses just a very classic look and comfortable fit for wearing around town every single day and Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do. So head over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. The Lakers had another successful day in free agency, and now things are looking like they're about ready to wind down. The Lakers have put together one heck of a roster. We've got a number of moves to talk about today, as well as at least one more move that's on the way. Joining me is Sean Davis. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me back on. And yeah, it's always fun to talk about your team when they have had one of the best off seasons in the NBA, mm-hmm. um, the draft, and then obviously how they kickstarted free agency with just great value contracts. So it's exciting to be a Laker fan right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely had one of the best off seasons. I'm seeing a lot of fans of other teams that are not thrilled with how good of an offseason the Lakers have had. And that is always a great season or a great feeling for a Lakers fan. Um, let's start things off with this. The yesterday, as most people are watching this or listening to this, but today, as we're recording this, um, the day started out with a very early morning announcement, and that was the Lakers agreeing to terms with Jackson Hayes. In fact, It was so early that I had a lot of Lakers fans later in the day where when I listed him on their roster, people were messaging me saying, when did we get Jackson Hayes? (laughs) It just happened super early. I think it was like 630 Pacific time, something like that in the morning. Uh, But the Lakers get a big, a very bouncy, hyper athletic big man in Jackson Hayes. Ironically, the Pelicans got him using the pick that the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis. One of the picks eventually became Jackson Hayes, and now Jackson Hayes is a Laker. Go figure. But nonetheless, um, irony aside, isn't it ironic, don't you think? Uh, The Lakers do get Jackson Hayes. They get this young 23-year-old big man to potentially back up Anthony Davis at center. Sean, what were your thoughts when you saw this signing come through? Well, uh, I was asleep. So this is exactly why <laughs> Trevor is so paranoid about this stuff. Because, like, obviously, I think we had this conversation on a previous pod where Trevor's like, hey, Sean, when I'm out of town, I'm on my flight or whatever, can you cover it or whatever? Yeah. Because, yeah. dude, I literally, I'm asleep, and I think I woke up, my phone goes off, and that's what wakes me up for a second. And I look at it, I got a text message like, what do you think about Jackson Hayes? Like, bro, what are you talking about? I turn my phone back off, go back to sleep, wake back up. Like, oh crap, yeah, we did get Jackson A's. But um, so I, I like I like it. 
in all seriousness, I think I like it a little bit more depending on who, assuming you still probably will get another big, who your other big is. I think I like yeah. it a little bit more than um, it. He's just, I'm just super unsure about him as my backup big, but in theory, it kind of could work. Like he, the fact that he is this athletic and this like agile with as a legit, what, six, 11, seven footer that mm-hmm. can jump out of the gym, can block shots at the rim. Um, like that's crazy. But I mean, obviously there's a bunch of concerns where to still super raw, in my opinion. Um, and when you start talking about 10 to 15 minutes, potentially you can't play him next 80. I'm con- I don't think you can play him next 80 no, either. No. Um, so I don't know. I need to see who they get with their other, assuming they go after another big, uh, I need to see who that is before I really like get my emotion towards it. But I mean, if you get a, a solid big, which there aren't a ton out there, but okay. you get a solid big, then I'm like, okay, cool. Very similar to Cam Reddish. Like if he pans out great, if not, oh, well, where I think we talked about this on yesterday's show, Trev, if it's Tristan Thompson or Mo Bamba, um, which unfortunately Lakers have been linked to, then you're like, okay, cool. We actually have to rely on you. Okay, now I have a little bit more concerns about that. And that could be a weakness in the Lakers roster, which they would hopefully, I guess, address it potentially at the trade deadline. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but at face value, good value on the contract and Mm -hmm. high upside play, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two-year deal, second year is a player option. It's a veteran minimum, so the risk is somewhat minimal there. But um, it's... Kind of like the Damian Jones. I mean, it is the Damian Jones contract from last year. Two-year player option on the second year. Athletic, lob-catching, big man, right? That said, Jackson Hayes is on a different level in terms of athleticism compared to Damian Jones. Um, this guy, I mean, he has springs for legs. Uh, human highlight reel in terms of his, his dunking abilities. It's phenomenal. So I'm excited in that regard. I think that... You know, the athleticism is is different than what we've seen. Um, I've seen comparisons to Dwight Howard. And I need to be clear, like, I see it when you watch his offensive game. And Dwight is not known for his offensive game, but physically the way he moves looks similar to the way Dwight okay. Howard moves. I'm talking about just the, the, the actions that he takes, the way he moves his body. It is a Dwight Howard type of movement and then um his ability to catch and finish lobs just to get up and get above the rim and finish dunks and and all that kind of stuff i get that defensively he's not anywhere close to to dwight howard but potentially the the physical aspect that uh that jackson hayes brings is really intriguing i think we talked about this on yesterday's show though that if it's jackson hayes i don't know if it's mo bamba that you want to pair with him because there's a lot of question marks still about Jackson Hayes. You don't know what you've got. And the same thing is true of Mobamba. You know, I guess you could get both of them and they and they might get both of them and then just hope one of them pans out. But I think if you're the Lakers, you probably want to go with the security of a proven veteran as your final big on the roster if you're going to put this kind of, you know, commitment potentially into Jackson Hayes as being your backup big. Ranked in the 91st percentile in terms of points per possession at the rim so um on his looks that he got at least so really good rim finisher i think we knew that but um yeah, yeah there's definitely some question marks there for sure that I, I really hope he pans out 
Oh uh, yeah, Cincinnati native too. I'm gonna you know shout out to there Jackson Mason in, in that department. But yeah, this is a this is a um, very low risk as long as you have someone else you can turn to on your roster. You can't complain about the contract at all. Very low risk, medium reward potentially from here. He's not like he's going to be a star or something like that, but there is some upside here. There is upside, more yeah. upside than most of the other bigs that are out there on the market. And so you got to give the Lakers credit for that. Uh, the next deal to come through, the Lakers agreed to terms with D'Angelo Russell, two years, 37 million player option on the second year. My sense, um, this is my educated guess, is that the Lakers, in exchange for putting a player option on the second year, probably got that first year salary number to come down a little bit. D'Angelo Russell gets some control on the second year of the deal. Keith Smith and I were talking about this in the front office show, though. There's now an aspect of in the new CBA where instead of in most uh, under the previous CBA, D'Angelo Russell would have a de facto no trade clause with this kind of a deal because it would be mm. seen as a one year contract. He'd be losing his bird rights if he was traded. The new CBA provides you with the opportunity to decline that to no longer have that, but it's an option. It can be there or maybe it's not in there. So that's going to be critical when we find out the, the, when this deal gets signed, can the Lakers trade D'Angelo Russell or not? Um, when we first broke this down, we were thinking maybe this is a tradable contract. It depends. He could have a de facto no trade clause unless the Lakers used the rules of the new CBA and got rid of that part of the deal. Otherwise, and the worst case is the Lakers are just, that means they can't trade him this year. And that's, I think that's fine too. Um, you just want to have that optionality. But regardless of whether or not he's trade eligible this year, this is a good deal for the Lakers. You're getting back a really good player. I think he fits particularly on the offensive end. You need his shooting. You weren't going to get anybody better to replace him or anything like that. And you limited your long-term uh, risk here by having it at most, it's a two-year deal. Yeah, I am so pumped up about this deal, Trevor. I think this is, again, one of the deals that we talked about at the start of the show. Really, really good value. That, again, I think makes a ton of sense for both sides. I didn't think the player option was going to be thrown in there. That gets that's the curveball. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I still think it makes a ton of sense for both sides. So even where if, let's say, D'Lo opts out, one, you could, if he, first off, if D'Lo opts out, that probably means he played well this season. Yeah. So there's added incentive there for him to play well. And, okay, cool, maybe you want him long-term. I don't know. You just drafted Jalen Chafina. But, like, I think it makes a ton of sense for both sides. You get that number at a really good rate, which is, what, around $18 million this season, right? Mm -hmm. Which we I think we said, like, that's the dream number. And if you had yeah. told me D'Angelo Russell at $18 million, regardless if I can't trade him or can or whatever this year, $18, $18 million for D'Angelo Russell – and Fred VanVleet is getting $43 million. Heck yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. And that's really the, the theme of this offseason for the Lakers. And I look at every single deal they signed. I went, man, that's a bargain. Like that, And that's what this is too. This is a, a phenomenal number for the Lakers on D'Angelo Russell. And uh, yeah. Question. What's the, in air quotes, worst contract the Lakers have this offseason? It's probably Ruby, right? Uh, yeah, just because he's at $17 million. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying like is. I don't like it, but it's easily the worst of them value wise. Yeah, because there's you know he's not going to shoot sixty percent from three like he did in the playoffs. There was a stretch where 
he didn't look good uh, where he wasn't hitting shots. And, you know, a lot of his value does get tied to hitting shots. I, again, this is this is me trying to make the negative case here. I think we're going to see his defensive versatility continue to shine through next year. Yep. I think we're going to continue to see growth. I think he's going to continue to get better working with Phil Handy. I'm very optimistic about this, but if we were to say which one is the worst, the neg- the downside for Rui, I think, is more apparent than with the other guys that they signed. So I, I guess, though, really, and this is probably your point, Sean, if that's the worst, you did really, really good. Really, really good. And, I mean, again, uh, to, I guess, wrap things up with D'Lo, like you mentioned, Trevor, regardless of his flaws, which we, I guess, did a whole more than me see I talking about, like D'Angelo Russell, like you said, Really, really good shooter. Probably your best shooter on that roster last season, mm-hmm. to be completely honest, especially in the regular season. 40% plus, I don't even remember the exact number, on catch-and-shoot looks for this Lakers team. Really good ball screen player in theory. It wasn't a good ball screen player for the Lakers, actually. It was a lot better with Minnesota. Again, I've talked about in the past, so I think that might be more playbook and more scheme-oriented. But who knows, right? Um, like I said, it makes perfect sense as a scheme fit. I think he likes being in L.A. I really do believe that he enjoys being in L.A. and enjoys mm-hmm. playing for the Lakers. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to have D'Lo back. And I think you have one of the better backcourt pairings for pretty cheap, all things considered. Like D'Lo at 18 and then Austin at 12. So $30 million for your backcourt that are still really, really good players. Mm-hmm. I like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about Austin. Um, So good for the Lakers. Not good for Austin. That other big offer didn't come come in and the Spurs were the team to watch. And ultimately that didn't come didn't come to fruition. So Austin winds up doing a deal with the Lakers directly rather than signing a deal with somebody else and having the Lakers match. Remember, he needed to do a deal with another team in order to get the kind of money that he's probably worth. Um, the Lakers were limited in what they could give him, but they could match a bigger offer from another team. So bottom line, though, Austin winds up doing a deal with the Lakers. The Lakers literally gave him everything they possibly could. Everything. Everything they could. Player option on the last year, 15% trade kicker. He's getting most of his salary in an advance up front. The benefit of that being, of course, not only is it spending power, but you're, you can use your money, that money to earn interest over the course of the season, right? So you, that's potential to earn even more money there. Um, so the Lakers gave him everything they possibly could as they should, because they were very limited and they were, what they could offer him was below market value. So they have him on a incredible bargain of a contract. It is a $56 million deal over four years, player option in the final year, no poison pill here where it's going to spike up in the third year or fourth year. Like if Austin signed with another team. We're going to pause for just a moment to talk about game time. Ticket buying can be a very stressful experience. Personally, I am always trying to make sure that I'm getting the best deal. And that's not always easy to know. You have to go fully through the checkout process. Sometimes one app will say one thing. Another app won't give you the final price until the end. It is a nightmare, but buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you are going to have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you suddenly find yourself 
yourself with a little bit of time. You have some friends that want to go do something. Grab tickets on game time. Game time, the guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their best price game time guarantee it is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason you even get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive snag tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code lakers nation for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code lakers nation for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price i mean again unfortunate for austin because he could have made i think even more money had he you know signed with another team and the lakers matched but what an incredible bargain for the Lakers to get Austin on this on this contract. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to speak this into the universe. Let's say Austin Reeves is an all-star caliber. Not not saying he like he gets an all-star appearance. I think we know like all-star caliber guys, right? Sure. By the end of this contract, this is one of the better contracts in the NBA. It's one of the better mm-hmm. contracts now, but like just the fact that Austin Reeves can legitimately be an all-star caliber guard in the NBA by the end of this contract makes this such a good contract. Um, let, similar to D'Lo, perfect fit. Uh, Yovan, I think, had a piece for the Athletic uh, recently saying the Lakers going to one put the ball more in Austin's hands next year, let him run more of the offense. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I think one of the things I brought up with uh, D'Angelo Russell that isn't necessarily a big problem with Austin is Austin, for the Lakers, I think can be a three-level score. I think Austin – can get to the rim at a fair enough rate. I think Austin, ha- I think we, we definitely know Austin has the in-between game. Austin's a good spot-up shooter, in my opinion. I think he is a good pull-up shooter from mm-hmm. three. I just don't think the volume is there enough. And that's why I see Austin do some more. I want Austin to get more on-ball reps. Austin to get more, uh, use the pull-up three as a threat off the dribble. And I think you're going to do that. You're He's got the opportunity to do that, at least, if you give him the ball more. And yeah, I, I really do believe shocker that what Rob and what the front office has said this summer about, Hey, look, we're going to run it back. They've done that for the most part. Yep. And JHS and Austin is our backcourt of the future. I believe that like, they like the fit of those guys. They didn't necessarily word it that way, but like, I like it. I, I believe them when they say that. Yeah. Th- that's a good point about JHS. If the Lakers were locked in on Austin and D'Lo being the backcourt of the future, D'Angelo Russell's contract would not look the way that it does. We'd be talking about a four-year deal for D'Angelo Russell. This is, and you know what? It, things change. It could be that, that D'Lo has a phenomenal season and the Lakers say, yes, let's sign up for as much of this as we can get. That's always possible. But the contract that D'Angelo Russell got compared to what Rui got, compared to what Austin Reeves got, it 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 does send a message that, the Lakers see D'Lo as maybe more of a question mark in terms of being a long-term fit on this team. And perhaps the presence of JHS is why they could be. And, uh, you know, we've heard that the Lakers are very interested in playing Austin and JHS next to each other. So I don't know what the long-term future looks like for, for D'Lo. We do know the Lakers want Austin to be in this backcourt for as long as they, as they can have him. So um, then that's what we saw with this deal. Hey, Trev, um, 
<laughs> this is nuts. Oh, man, I hope we get this next year. Okay, so I have some Austin Reeves data for you that I just pulled up, all right? Okay. This is Austin Reeves on pull-up jumpers. This is the regular season and the playoffs. So it's combining those two. 81st percentile in terms of points per possession. He shot 45% on pull-up jumpers in general, 48% on pull-up mid-range jumpers, and he shot 40.5% on pull-up threes. Not a ton of volume there. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe 70, 78, uh, 79 times, my bad, throughout the entire year. But 48% on pull-up twos, 40.5% on pull-up threes, and in terms of uh, he got to the rim 25.4, so about a quarter of his possessions or whatever, scoring possessions, ended at the rim 80th percentile in points per possession. Shot 68.2% at the rim for the Lakers last wow. year. Wow. It's possible. No, some of, the, some of those numbers are so good that it makes me wonder if some of it's unsustainable. Fair. But – it just underscores how insanely efficient Austin was last season. And hopefully that's something that continues because as long as that does, man, he is, he is a, a major bargain on the deal that the Lakers got him for. And again, he's going to be a big part of this team uh, moving forward. Uh, all right. We're going to have plenty of time to break down exactly what the, the roster looks like, right? Who goes where all of that kind of stuff. I, I mean, just to run through it real quick without going in depth, it's going to be, Probably Austin and D'Lo in the backcourt. LeBron at the three, Rui at the four. Nominally, you can switch those guys, whatever you want, right? Maybe Vando creeps, creeps in and he's the starting four. We'll see. Anthony Davis at the five. Pretty clear based on what they've done that Anthony Davis is going to be the five uh, again. And then Gabe Vincent, it'll be the the backup one. You'll have Max Christie in the mix at the, at the two. JHS will be in the mix at in either guard position as well. You're going to have at the three, you have Torian Prince, you'll have Maxwell Lewis, Cam Reddish. All these guys can play the four as well, potentially. Jared Vanderbilt, the clear, maybe either starter or backup four. And then Jackson Hayes as your backup center. So that's what the Lakers roster looks like at the moment. And again, we'll have plenty of time to go through that a little more in depth. But the question to close things out here is what's next? So based on the roster that... I think there is still a need at the center position, particularly with Jackson Hayes being a little bit of a question mark. Again, you can be optimistic about him, but the fact of the matter is you probably want another body that can play the center position. And that's also what we've heard. What's being reported is that the Lakers plan on using uh, the 14th roster spot. I don't know if they'll use the 15th spot. That's usually what they usually do. Do not use that 15th roster spot, but I think we're going to see one more move and it's going to be a center. Now, it could be Mo Bamba. It could be Tristan Thompson. Those are names that are still out there that are still linked to the Lakers. Sean, what are you hoping to see? Um, I'd say, while staying realistic, so no Christian Wood, no Mason Plumley winding up with the veteran minimum deal with the Lakers. Look, that'd be great. But realistically, what's the best case scenario for the Lakers with that 14th roster, roster spot? Trevor's going to say that, and then tomorrow we're going to have another situation where, oh, crap, this definitely wasn't supposed to happen. And, yeah, I, I actually I hope that's the case. Oh, um, yeah, no, I, I hope that would be great if suddenly we got Mason Plumlee spurns Clippers and joins the Lakers, like, on a veteran minimum. Fantastic. We'll be doing a victory lap. But, I mean, yeah. I, I just don't think that's that's realistic. Yeah. Um, gosh, man, this center market is just not good at all. Yeah, because – 
if you didn't do Jackson Hayes, it would be like, okay, maybe Mo Bamba. But again, mm-hmm. at the same time, for the reasons we talked about on yesterday's pod and a little bit earlier on when we discussed Jackson Hayes, I just don't think that's the right way to go if you sign Jackson Hayes. Well, one um, thing I, we need to mention here, because this has been going around, Bobby Marks, and I, I've been trying to figure out exactly how, and we figured it out on the on the front office show uh, earlier today. People have been saying the Lakers have like eight, an $8 million trade exception. Mm. And people got confused, apparently. Bobby Marks said the Lakers were $8 million under the uh, hard cap that they've got at $172 million. And for some reason, people took that to mean they've got $8 million to go spend. It was a mistake. Um, they don't. I think we need to make sure we note that this is going to be a veteran minimum signing, yeah. whoever it is that they that they add here. Um, so that, I think, is it has to be a qualifier, too. So I'm sorry to interrupt there, though. No, 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 you're good. You're good. I, I'm glad you brought that up so we can clarify that. Um, but I think this is a name you brought up yesterday on yesterday's show, but uh-huh. Robin Lopez? Like, I, I don't know. I think that's where you're at, where True. you're like, None of these names are good, aren't interesting enough. Like, because who who else are you getting? For for the reasons we mentioned, I don't think Mobamba makes a ton of sense. Otherwise, I think you might prioritize Mobamba. All right. I mean, I guess theoretically you could still go Mobamba, but I don't think that's the right move. Tristan okay, Thompson. Let me, let me read let me read through the list here. And okay. just tell me, do you veteran minimum? Do you want this guy? So Christian Wood, he's you're not getting him for the veteran minimum. Mason mm. Plumlee, let's assume you're not getting him for the veteran minimum. Okay, so just give me a yes or no. Mo Bamba. No, because you have Hayes. Okay. Uh, Robin Lopez. I guess. Yeah. Biz- Bismack Biombo. Yeah. That maybe that maybe that's your your best case. Taj Gibson. No. Blake Griffin. Nah. Montrez Harrell. No, but that's an interesting name. I forgot about Trez. He's still out there. He's still out there. Um, Udoka Azubuki. Ooh, no. Frank Kaminsky. No. Willie Hernan Gomez. No. Omer Yurt Seven. Maybe. That's a maybe, right? Paul Reed is restricted, but no. Uh, Luca Garza. No. He can. Shoot the three a little bit. Uh, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> no. Gorgie Jang. Uh, no. Dwayne Dedman. This list is depressing. Right? Putting me to sleep. Boban. No. <laughs> Boban. You can't for say the memes. No to Boban. All right, for uh, the memes, yes. Cody Zeller. Uh, that was a name I tossed out a little while ago. I wouldn't mind it, I guess. Myers Leonard and no. Willie Cauley Stein. No. Uh, other than that, it's like, do you call up Jay Huff and say, come on back? You call up Colin Castleton at that point. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's it. There's the list. Question. What's the what's the best case? Who's 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 the, the top of the list there? This might sound crazy. And I think I flirted this out there on uh yesterday's pod. And I know this is a bit drastic considering you have a little bit of time to go, and I'm not sure if any of those names want to wait this long. But it's the best-case scenario. You go through Summer League, mm-hmm. and you're like, Colin Castleton is the dude, and you give him. Or at least, like, you're... Crap, you probably still want to go get... 
No, I don't know. Like, is that the best case scenario where like you get to see Colin Castleton against NBA talent, and then you make you say, okay, cool, he's ready because like experience wise, uh, skill set wise. Again, I've talked about how much of a scheme fit he is, especially defensively. Do you go through summer league like, okay, cool, can Colin Castleton? If we need him to actually contribute, if the answer is yes, maybe you don't need to. I don't know if that's like a bit drastic, but and I think it is drastic actually because, like I said, you'd be waiting a little while because what's that two plus weeks? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What are your? Am I too crazy for that? No, I mean I don't think so. I think that if you do that, then you could essentially use the 14th roster spot as a tryout spot as a spot that's open Mm -hmm. um and you can use that as a you know the carrot in uh in summer league and you have enough space to sign a 15th roster spot too if you want to so you could still do that even if you sign somebody i just think i think you need to get somebody yeah you need and i think you need need, it needs to be a veteran i think bismack biombo might be the top of my list yeah which is but just because of his shot blocking ability i think that's at least interesting um other than that i probably go back to mo bamba just you know or robin lopez i go back to one of those guys and probably mo bamba just just for upside i think you need somebody you need somebody so yeah uh, i'm looking at bismack biamba i'm looking at mo bamba those are probably the the top two uh at this point yeah i mean it's slim pickings so yeah that's 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 pretty much where that's at um and I think that even if you do say, okay, we need somebody in there, we need another person that is a large human being to be on this team. If it's Mo Bamba, if it's Bismack Biombo, if it's Robin Lopez, if it's any of these guys, and Colin Castleton turns out to be good, it's it's not like you're trying to bump aside a dude that's making $20 million or something and you're trying to, right. try to say, okay, well, Castleton's going to take your minutes. No, you're talking about a minimum guy. So... I think you can still see what you've got in Castleton, even if you sign somebody. I'm just concerned with how thin the market is that if you wait much longer, Bamba's gone, Biombo's gone, right? And next thing you know, it's, you know, okay, I guess Dwayne Dedman come on up, right? I mean, that that's kind of what you're looking at there. It, so between Tristan Tom, if the Lakers say it, it has to be somebody that was on the team last year. Between Tristan Thompson and Mo Bamba, which one are you taking? Mo Bamba. Okay. I, I agree. I agree. I would do that. Even though we've said you probably want more of a known commodity because of Jackson Hayes and his, you know, even though he's been in the league for a few years now, he's still a little bit of an unknown. For sure. Okay. Well, overall... This has been an incredible free agency period for the Lakers. Of course, we'll have plenty of time to break down the whole roster, take a look at all of this. But the Lakers did, I think, a phenomenal job. There is still at least one more move coming. Of course, we will cover that on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. But I do want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, if you are watching over the YouTube channel, let us know your thoughts on the Lakers and the moves they've made over the last 24 hours plus in free agency. Again, give us your thoughts in the comment section. And then over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us your thoughts in the review section over there. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.